Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna freeze. Uh, wait. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Points in the Paint podcast, sponsored by Stadium. We're Stadium's number one NBA podcast as we inch closer to December 25th, Christmas Day games. It's becoming the holidays, Zach. We're getting close to New Year's. It's getting a little colder. Fun time for the NBA right now to be an NBA fan, and he's uh, we're we're excited. I'm Ben Wittenstein. I am Zach Badgerhouse, always in the house. And you're feeling good. I am feeling good. I'm feeling real good. You silly, you. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Got some good news this week, so good. yes, I am feeling real good. Feeling real. Oh, well, we got we got uh, a lot of fun NBA stuff going on. We appreciate everyone listening again. Don't forget. Our voicemail line, always open. You can call our voicemail line, 773-273-9088. Give us your opinion on whatever you are thinking. You can also follow us at Points Paint on Twitter, and we are uh, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you want to find us, we are there. Zach, let's start, though. One big thing of the week. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. I'm going to start with the king, LeBron James. Uh Uh-oh. I think he's back. Is he back? I think he's back. He never left. Uh, you know, we were. I mean, he was hurt. About, <laughs> he was hurt. That was about. That was about it. <laughs> we we were seeing some doubters. I'll I'll say it. I was seeing some doubters. I was hearing people say, you know, he's he's not the old LeBron. He's finally showing his age. He's been hurt. Uh-huh. He's been in on uh, protocols for COVID. But Zach, I think he's back. He's had thirty plus points in six of his last eight games. He had a triple double against the Magic. And if you watched him in that game against Orlando, he just looked like he was having fun. He looked like he was having a good time. He was playing loose. He was messing around with teammates. He was doing dunks that we haven't seen him do in a couple years. He was doing his classic fadeaway jump shots. Like He looked like he was back, and he was the old LeBron James that we all know and love from the mid-2010s. Listen here. LeBron... He gonna he gonna be LeBron, baby, every time. You know what I'm saying? King James is gonna do what King James does the best. You know what I'm saying? Just score the basketball, get out in transition, give the give the crowd what they want to see. And look, you're right. He was off the fadeaway, and then you saw the play where you know Wendell Carter loses his goggles, <laughs> and LeBron James picks him up and puts him on. So you're right. You know, Brian was having a great time, and he's definitely been in his bag. You know, definitely. These uh past what eight games scoring like thirty and a triple double or flirting with a triple double throughout all of those games and we all know LeBron James.
same as the stat sheet stuffer. But we need to see them continue to win basketball games. That's Anthony Day to Day Davis, as my man's ace boogie always says. <laughs> Anthony Day to Day Davis needs to hurry up and get back because you know he's always in and out. My man's made a glass or something, man. I don't. Know. I, I was just gonna say he's got to be one of the most breakable guys in the NBA. The guy <laughs> just can't stay healthy and. He's missed the last two games, and luckily for the Lakers, it was against the Thunder and against the Magic, two very beatable teams. And without Anthony Davis, LeBron went off. He had 33 against the Thunder. He had 30 against the Magic. He had 30-11-10 uh, against the Magic. And so people were asking at the start of the season, you know, are, are the Lakers going to be able to sustain a championship level? Is LeBron going to be able to carry them? Now, I know it was against the Magic. I was know it was against the Thunder. But LeBron stepped up, and, and he scored, and he helped his team get some wins. And he, he showed that he can still be that LeBron James that takes over games and, and is able to influence the game to such a strong level where he can just carry the team. And the Lakers have put out such a bad product, you know, throughout oh, yeah. the season so far. A lot of people expected them to possibly lose against the Orlando Magic or even possibly lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder for the third time this season. And so it was very good to see LeBron James lock in for those two games and really get those dubs without uh, Anthony Day-to-Day Davis. Yeah, so clearly Anthony Davis needs to be back for the Lakers to have a chance to win. <laughs> um, but the question I have from this Zach, if you want to answer, is LeBron is clearly back, and, and he, he's scoring 30 points. He's getting triple doubles. He's he's LeBron that we know and love. And and once Anthony Davis comes back, who knows how he's going to play. He's been struggling all season long. But with LeBron nah, but playing wait, I got to well, stop you there, though, because people say that, but then you go look at his numbers. Now, see, the eyeball test being the eyeball test, you're right. If you watch the game, it does look lackluster. But, you know, Anthony Davis averages 24 and 10. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like, but but the I like, but you're right though. The eye test to tell you if you watch the game, it's like it's not a good twenty four and ten. It's not very valuable. It doesn't really lead to any wins through through for their games, the Los Angeles Lakers. So you're right. Yeah, and I would say too, with the caliber that Anthony Davis is looked at and with the way people view him, I think it should be closer to twenty five and fifteen averaging for him. Oh, it's almost like twenty four and ten is low. Yeah, he's the youngest player, right, amongst all the stars. So, yeah, you're right. He should be scoring more. But my question to you is, are the Lakers back? And that's the question we almost ask every week. Is just, <laughs> are the Lakers, do you see them now as, you know, contenders, um, as a team that can actually contend mm. for a title? Because right now, if you look at the standings on this Tuesday afternoon as we're recording, the Lakers are in sixth in the West. They've won their last two, six of their last ten. Sick. They're seven and a half games out of first, but they're only two games out of fourth. So they're they're making runs. Mm, the jury's is still out okay. on Los Angeles Lakers for me at least because they put out such a bad product early on. A lot of people have already threw in the towel on this Los Angeles Lakers team. A lot of people don't expect them to make the Western Conference Finals or anything like that, and that's very understandable. But I think you know LeBron James. Like you said, these last eight games have really shown people that he can still play at an extremely high level in this league. And so, you know, obviously the protocol and then him missing 11 games this year has kind of put the Los Angeles Lakers in a predicament that they're in currently sitting six. Now, who knows? Maybe they would have been fourth place or maybe would have been a third seed somewhere along the lines of that. And it wouldn't be Utah sitting at top three seed alongside Memphis of all teams. Yeah, right. Without Josh. 
<laughs> right, exactly. And so when you look at it from that perspective, the jury is still out on the Lakers, but we got to see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go about things once Anthony Davis is back too, because that the the race in the West is if you got the top two, top three teams, you know, and it's going to be a fight for those middle four, five, six, seven seeds for a lot of the teams in the West, and that's probably what the Lakers are going to have to settle for. But as far as LeBron goes, the way I view him is the way I viewed the the Spurs of the late two thousands and the early two thousand tens, where you're always like, oh, this year they're too old. They're not going to make the playoffs. Everyone's going to be done. And then they somehow make the playoffs and surprise everyone. <laughs> so exactly. that That's the way I'm going to view LeBron at this point is I'm not going to believe he's done until I see him say I'm retiring. Because at that point, then he's actually going to be done. But until then, he's just going to be the LeBron of old. And I think he's just going to keep churning along and, and being able to put up 30-point triple-doubles every so often at the at the ripe old age. Uh, that he is, which is, you know, pretty impressive at the age of 36. Uh, Zach, what is one, uh, your one big thing for this week? My one big thing this week, Ben, buddy, is the young fellas. You know, we just finished talking about Mr. Benjamin Button, the LeBron James. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about, you know, the young guys in the league, the rookies. The rookies are my one big thing, really the notable rookies, you know, and I'm still waiting to see if any of the later picks in the first round or anyone from the second round could possibly emerge and be effective for their team but right now ben man listen scotty barnes toronto raptors i like scotty barnes and what he can do right now and yeah, kate cunningham you know from detroit out there you know they got a nice little piece dropped on them but he was able to play very well in that outing against the brooklyn nets as well mm-hmm. you know he's coming off performances where he's getting about 20-plus a game the last three or four games. And, you know, with Kay Cunningham stepping up like that, a lot of people said he couldn't shoot. Now he's averaging two threes a contest so far, Ben. So I like what Kay Cunningham's doing, too. You know, Jalen Green, he's been hurt for the most part. And then the, the guy out there in Orlando, he's stepping it up. And I'm not talking about Jalen Suggs, either. I'm talking about the Wagner kid, you know, from Michigan. He's been kind of doing his thing, too, with Josh Giddy. Uh, the kid out there at Oklahoma City Thunder just want to give some credit and some shout out to those young guys playing well. And Josh Giddy kind of reminds me. Now, I know we don't have this no more, and I may be jumping the gun with the overreaction, but Josh Giddy he kind of reminds me of Lonzo Ball a little bit. Oh, very interesting. And I you, I do want to say that's the it's Franz Wagner, right? Not Mo Wagner, because yep. they're yeah. both <laughs> they're brothers on the same team in Orlando, and they both went to Michigan, so. It's Franz that's playing really well. He's been aggressive. Yeah. Like he's been really fun to watch. He's been like attacking the rim the past couple mm-hmm. games that I've seen him. He's been he's been very aggressive. And that Orlando team is just full of so much young talent. If you have the chance to watch the Magic, I wouldn't recommend constantly watching him. But if you want to see fun, <laughs> if you want to see fun young talent, I I think the the Magic are a, a quality team to watch. He's just you know Cole Anthony is is finding himself and he's starting to become a, a, a serious threat for the magic and they've got good pieces, but certainly the young talent this year, Zach has been unbelievable. It's been really, really fun to watch. And I mean, yeah, Evan Mobley, guys. we got to put Evan Mobley yes. on that list. The guy's probably going to win rookie of the year. Yeah. He's playing exceptionally well playing exceptionally well. And I do like Evan Mobley. I like that little core that they have in the front court at the start. Remember we were talking about it earlier in the podcast before how, you know, we don't know how that front court was really going to work out there in Cleveland with them yeah. seven footers, you know, Lloyd Barker, <laughs> Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, but they did it, you know, and it's working. And Jared Allen even gave, you know, some props to Evan Mobley who won rookie of the month 
Although yeah. I think it should have went to Scotty, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> See, I, I think the thing with Evan Mobley is he is, I think he's top 10 in blocks in the league. Okay. Uh, he is an unbelievable rim defender. And we can talk about Cleveland in a second. I mean, this could actually be a really good transition. We can do dunker See, that's tonight. That's why I did it. That's why I did it, Chief. I love it. Let's do, all right. So let's do dunker tonight. Cause Zach, I am dunking all over the Cleveland Cavaliers. I love what they're doing in Cleveland. They have the perfect pieces of players. They have a really fun young core. And you talk about young core in Orlando and they're a little bit shaky, a little bit sloppy. But if you want to watch a fun young team, quality. turn on the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. They are That's unbelievably fun. That's, yeah, that is quality. They're fun. They like to run. They play well together. That core of Jared Allen as the center, Evan Mobley at the four, um, Darius Garland at the guard position. It's a fun squad. And that, and we talked about it. You said I was, I will bow out of this because I said Lowry Marketing <laughs> and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley was not going to work. You have three seven footers in the same lineup at the same time. It was not going to work. And it's been working. Cleveland's been winning games. They've been covering yeah. spreads. I mean, they, they look Fun, they look competent, and they're going to have this core for at least two to three more years. It's going to be competitive basketball out there in Cleveland. Now, it's so interesting because who are they without right now? That young bull by the name of Colin Sexton. He's yeah. currently not with the team because we know of that injury, that knee injury. And, and so for the year. they've still found a way to still keep winning games. They're playing exceptionally well right now out there in the East, currently standing at number four number in four. the Eastern Conference. They done knocked out Washington. You know, Washington was a top four seed for a little while. They slipped all the way down to the play-in situation. So my, my boys out there in D.C. got to get it together. Coos got to get right. But I do like what Cleveland's done so far. So I'm dunking on them with you. <laughs> They've been great. They've won four in a row. They've won eight of their last ten. They, they're, I think they're a serious team. And I'm not yeah. only dunking on them being good, I'm dunking on them being a, a playoff contender at this point. I think it would be silly to dismiss them as not a playoff contender. They're fourth in the East, as you said, only three games back of the Nets in first. They just look like they they really get what they're doing. And them having Ricky Rubio, too, to come in when, when Sexton's been out, he's been such a calming veteran presence for that team that needs mm-hmm. it because a lot of them are so young. It's just been good. And Lowry Markkinen, too, I'll give him credit. His defense, not great, but they don't really need him to play great defense on the perimeter as a three because you know who he's got behind him is Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And good luck. (laughs) Good luck getting to the basket when you have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen uh, guarding the rim. So Jared Allen's been great. If you're looking for a guy to bet on for points, rebounds, and his over has been hitting consistently. He's been fun. That's been a moneymaker. (laughs) So all around, I'm a big fan of the Cavaliers. I'm a big fan of what they're doing, and they've been able to really build this team through the draft and through training for some of the young guys like Jared Allen. So they're fun. If you can catch a game, watch a little bit of the Cavs and, and see how fun they are. Now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to dunk on what's really a layup because you know I don't really like that team for real. <laughs> so it's really like a layup. It's, it's, like a layup. A, it's like a finger roll. You know, sure. It's like a like a jelly layup, like a jelly yeah. fam layup or something, a fancy layup, <laughs> if you will. But it's the Utah Jazz. You know, I want to say, we, we don't really talk about them like that on this podcast this season. We kind of haven't. 
But they've kind of no. emerged as one of the premier teams out in the West right now. They're playing well. Donovan Mitchell's playing good. They've won seven in a row. So I do want to give them credit for that. It's just so hard that they're always one of those top teams become playoff time. You know, they're kind of one of the regular teams out of the pack of playoff teams that make it. So we want to see what they can do come April. But right now, Ben, the Utah Jazz. Your main man, Rudy Gobert. He's been good. Most win, he has the most win shares in the league right now. So he's obviously an impact on that team. As I usually got to say that, he <laughs> is an impact on that team. But I want to do give some credit to those boys out there in Utah. Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Janitor Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the thing with the Jazz is they are built to be the perfect, perfect regular season team. They are just going to dominate most of these teams during the regular season. They lead the NBA in three points attempted per game. Zach, they take almost 43 three-pointers a game. 43! And they hit 37% of them. 37%. They're third in the NBA in three-point percentage. They're first in the NBA in three points made. That's a recipe for success because you're not, you, you can have a great shooting night. And you're still probably not going to keep up with the way that they score because of how accurate they are from three. So the thing they need to be able to do is translate that three-point shooting into the playoffs. And it's going to be tough because that's some of the better defenses this team is going to see is come playoff time. And if they can't translate that three-point shooting in the playoffs, that's where they're going to start failing. So they're going to have to figure out how to translate their regular season play into the playoffs because they struggled to do it last year. And I don't know if they can do it this year. Few I don't know years. if they're going to have that second option. <laughs> yeah, it's been the last few years, honestly. So I don't know if they're going to be able to have that option come playoff time. Donovan Mitchell's going to play his butt off, as he always does. Yeah. But they're going to need some some help. He's going to have to need some Jordan help from Clarkson. Mike Conley, from yeah Jordan Clarkson, from from Angles. You know, he's going to need help from those role players in the playoffs, which he sometimes just did not get last season. You know what they really need to do. You know the best way the Utah Jazz. You know the best way to, for the Utah Jazz to really be successful. They need to run into the Los Angeles Clippers. So Janitor Joe. So look, the jury's still out on Janitor Joe versus <laughs> Paul George. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Janitor right. Joe and Paul George because back in PG PG thirteen days when he was in Oklahoma City. Check this out. When he was in Oklahoma City and they ran into Joe Ingles. <laughs> Paul George had a hard time against Janitor Joe. So it's, I think it's best that the matchup be Utah Jazz versus Los Angeles Clippers at some point in the postseason for the Utah Jazz to really be successful. Makes sense. <laughs> I, I think that's that's what they need. They need to they need to play good teams. And if they can be successful against good teams, they'll have that video blueprint. They'll have that thing to see, and hopefully it translates into the playoffs. <laughs> um, let's see. I am denying the NBA's response to COVID. And this is basically a shot at what they did with the Chicago Bulls. They let the Chicago Bulls have 10 players go out with COVID and health and safety protocol issues. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. 10 players before they cancel the game. That's bad. That's bad. 10 players before they cancel the game. You can't be talking about player safety and wanting to keep players healthy if you let 10 players go on the health and safety protocols for the Chicago Bulls before you start canceling games. They should have canceled it when the Bulls had four or five players in health and safety protocols because it was clear it was spreading and it was very clear to any simple person seeing the situation that most of the people on the Bulls were going to catch COVID if at least five of them were getting it. So that's not a great look for the NBA to wait this long to cancel games. And 
sadly, Zach, I don't think it's going to be the last time we see some games canceled because it looks like a lot more players are catching COVID. Five players in the Nets are going to be out in the game tonight on Tuesday uh, because of health and safety protocol and, and COVID issues. So it's very clearly spreading through the NBA. You know what? I don't even think I even thought about it like that. That is like, and when you really brought something to my attention, honestly, Ben, because that yeah. is kind of irresponsible for them to, to make that decision with the Chicago Bulls so late, you know, four or five players, notable players were out for the Chicago Bulls at least 10 days ago. And they've already gotten to the point where there's nine to 10 players now. And they had to postpone the game versus the Detroit Pistons, a game where I knew people were counting on actually going to that game. You know, and so like that's kind of frustrating for fans who would like to go to that game as well for it to be postponed where you could have prevented this maybe when the Bulls were on the road, you know, or something along right. the lines of that. You know, so, you know, I agree with you 100 percent. NBA definitely should have done better and I hope they do do a better job moving forward with the COVID health and safety protocols. Yeah, I, I think it's something they're going to have to address and they're going to have to address it soon because I don't want to miss out on NBA basketball during Christmas. And that's their or big the day, and you, you don't want to – or the Bulls. I'd love to watch the Bulls, so I would love to not have them cancel games because of COVID issues. So I, it's just – it's it's going to be an issue going forward, and it's something the NBA is going to have to deal with. I don't know if it's going to be like a week where they just don't play any games and get everyone situated and get everyone separated or tighten some of the COVID policies that they have in terms of masking and, and everything. So – it's going to be something they have to address. And the longer they, they push it back, the more players that are going to catch COVID and the more they're going to probably have to cancel games. So very disappointing from the NBA to see their response time to that. And hopefully it does get a little bit better as the time goes on. Who are you denying, Zach? I am denying the New York Knickerbockers. They are bad. <laughs> they're very bad, man. <laughs> and they're not only bad on paper, but the eye test is just very bad, too. It's so hard right now to watch the New York Knicks. They struggle on offense. Every once in a while, you get one of those games from either one of those left-handed cats, that being RJ Barrett or Julius Randle. But we all know they're going every time. They're going left all night. And so they need to get apodestrious a little bit more in their games for them to really be successful. <laughs> yeah, apodestrious a little bit more, you know, so they can I play agree. better. Because right now, obviously, Kimball's on the bench, so Alec Burke's starting. I do like what Obi Toppin's been doing, though, as of late. He has stepped up his yeah. game and kind of expand his game a little bit more, too. And so I do like the fact that he's played well. But overall, man, the Knicks – are doing so bad. I'm denying the Knicks. I'm not sure if they'll be able to climb out of where they are right now as the 12th seed and be in the conversation for even a play-in, a team being that was like the fourth, fifth seed in the Eastern Conference and had the whole NBA hype for them to be in the playoffs last year. Kind of ridiculous. It's it's weird how they've fallen. It's looking more like Julius Randle was kind of the, a one-trick pony. Last year, that was like his. That was that was his year. Yeah, he couldn't go left. Teams knew he couldn't no, he's go left. Only he's going left. No, he's excuse only me, he's only, left. teams knew he couldn't go right. Yeah. And they were forcing him right. And you can't have that in the NBA. You can't. You can barely have that in college. You got to be able to be ambidextrous and use both hands. And he just. It's weird how how much he has fallen because he was awesome. He was awesome last year during the regular season. Improved. <laughs> and it seemed like playoff Julius Randle is maybe the real still in effect. 
it's it's not looking good for him. It doesn't look like he's really done anything to improve or, or change. So, yeah, the Knicks are in a tough spot, and they play Steph tonight. Steph's probably going to break the three point record at the Garden at MSG. It's going to be fun to to see him do that. Um, which honestly, that's just going to things we want to see this week. Because that is one of the things we want to see this week is Steph's going to be breaking the record probably tonight. It's hard to see him not hit two three-pointers, three three-pointers. Oh, <laughs> He's been struggling, Zach. He's been struggling. You know, I'm a bone to pick with them because I bet on them, and they've been reckless with the ball. Reckless. They lead the NBA, I think, in the last 10 games in turnovers. They've just, It's been terrible. <laughs> Throwing the ball away. Making stupid Bet passes, it look terrible shooting. Listen, money, it's been a bad use your money. Just let it out. <laughs> we can make that a new segment. Just let it out. Let it out. Just go on ranting about a team. But I, I, I it's it's been bad to watch the the Warriors. It has. They've been frustrating, and they have. Uh, it's from a betting perspective. <laughs> from a betting perspective, and from a team perspective, this is a team that we thought was one of the best in the NBA. You know, yeah, and they are and still are. We, They've, they're allowed to have bad streaks, but this bad streak that they've been on, I know they won against the Pacers, but they look bad. They didn't look good. They didn't look and, good against them either, yeah. And they didn't look like they really cared. They looked apathetic. Draymond is arguing with the refs all the time. I'm, I'm just a little sick of Steve Kerr and Draymond yelling at the officials when things aren't going their way because you see Draymond just start yelling. He's not getting back on defense or he's not engaged in the game. And then Steph's going and shooting threes that he probably shouldn't be shooting and just whiffing on them. It's weird. <laughs> I don't five for thirteen games, four for seventeen yeah. games. It's so bad. Yeah, I don't know if it's the record that's like weighing on the whole team and weighing on Steph. And once he breaks mm-hmm. it, they'll be all right. But something's weird. Something's yeah, very it'll weird. Be, it'll be a weight lifted off the team's shoulder once it's out the way. And then they got Ray Allen traveling to every game right now, so he needs to hurry up. <laughs> but I think he gets it done in the guard. I think so too. I, I think it's it's gonna happen, and this will be this will be out Wednesday, so it'll be after Steph most likely breaks the record. So premature congratulations to Steph Curry, unless he goes over ten and yikes, right? <laughs> big old yikes. But you know what I want to see, Ben? Yeah, well, you know, it's been some it's been some buzz going around lately, buddy. And so one of the things that I want to see is the trade market. It's buzzing a little bit. There's some noise out there with teams. You know, Indiana looking to blow things up, which is very surprising because we never got a chance to see that lineup. Michael Brogdon, TJ Warren, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. We never got to see that, you know, really come out and be into fruition because, you know, TJ Warren's out, CJ, I mean, not CJ, but Karis LeVert came back. And so, you know, it's kind of tough. We won't be, you know, get a chance to see that. But then you got Utah that may be looking for some players to, you know, mm-hmm. elevate their team. Yep. The Pistons may be on the move with Jeremiah Grant. So it's kind of interesting. We all know Portland stuff, you know, with, they need a GM and then with, he's going to keep Dame or not. Dame wants the extension. So, and these are all small market teams, Ben. So I'm looking to see what's going to transpire for them as the season moves along. That's what I'm looking to see. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the, these small market teams have, there's a lot of different directions they can go, especially Portland and the Pacers. I think, you know, Detroit, for the most part, they're rebuilding and they're trying to see what they got with the young guys. And Utah is still going to be good, even if they don't make moves. 
But the Pacers, there's that report coming out where they want to blow everything up and, and rebuild and Miles Turner coming out and saying he feels disrespected. <laughs> and, and then what happens is the Pacers go on a four game win streak, three or four game win streak. They lost to, to the Warriors on Monday. Um, but it was a two point loss and they led for a good chunk of that game. So I don't know what's going on with Indiana. I, I don't, you know, fans of that team who I know who I'm friends with don't like Karis LeVert, don't really like the way he's been playing. I don't know if the team is built perfectly well. Sabonis is is trying his best, but I don't know if he's like the number one superstar guy that you want on your team. I know he's an all-star and everything, but if if Sabonis is your number one guy, I, I don't know. There's definitely a ceiling there with him and with, with how far he can take you. So something needs to be tweaked, I think, with the Pacers. Just tweaked a little bit. They need to move a couple players here and there because they have, they have the framework, but I just don't think they mm-hmm. have the – the goods, the details, everything in the middle that you need to be a good team. I just think they just haven't been healthy, Ben. Like, I, you know, I think the biggest issue for me is that is that they haven't never been healthy at the same time to see what they can really do. That's why I always thought like the jury was still out on whether or not that team can really be a competitive playoff team for a few years to come with that lineup that I mentioned. But right. we never got a chance because Warren's out and Levert's back. But it's kind of interesting to hear that, you know, Indiana Pacers fans aren't really interested in the way Levert has played. But I think it's probably because he's tr- trying to work his way into the you know they got to kind of get the chemistry and camaraderie together and all that sure because you know Karis LeVert really didn't get that opportunity to play a lot of games for them last season with that trade and so I think I think that had to play a role with the two and then the coaching situation it's been a lot of details and context with the Pacers that probably should get mentioned that probably hasn't been mentioned but I, I can understand why they want to blow it up well, and then Portland, you're getting reports of the team not happy with Chauncey Billups, and he's coming in, and he has a more rigid offensive system than Terry Stotts did last season and the years before, so the team maybe has to get used to the way Chauncey Billups is coaching him, and, you know, it doesn't help that you have C.J. McCollum out uh, with lung, with a punctured lung issues, and Dame's been in and out. It's just a mess, and we talked about this so much, Zach, about Portland and how much of a mess it is. They just got to blow it up, got to go their separate ways. Trade trade for parts, see what you can get back, and just restart the whole thing. Hit the reset button, and Portland, I think, needs to do that. Stat of the week. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> what is our stat of the week, Zach? The stat of the week this week comes from the Slim Reaper Easy Money Sniper himself, Kevin Durant goes out there in the D, the 3-1-3, and has against them Detroit Pistons. 51 points, nine assists, about eight boards, shooting the ball efficiency. He's so efficient. Five or ten from deep. 51 points. The NBA's high for the season right now goes to Kevin Durant, the league leader in scoring right now for the NBA. Kevin Durant dropping 51 points. And, man, it always looked like he just out there training. <laughs> yeah, it does. If the Pistons had someone who can guard Kevin Durant and stop him from scoring, they'd be a better team. That's just the, the simple, basic math of the, of the situation. If you're going to score 51, it's probably going to be against a team like the Pistons. But Durant's great, and he's clearly one of, if not the best player in the NBA right now. He just needs to stay healthy. And he needs to be on a team that can stay COVID free and can also stay healthy. <laughs> they need Joe Harris back pretty much also is what I'm, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, they, yeah. Joe Harris being back is such a, he's such a big piece to that team and how they shoot three pointers. 
they need him back uh, to have, be able to have any chance at competing. And they're still number one in the Eastern Conference. They're still a top still. team. So it's because it's because the market's playing well too. I got him in NBA fantasy. I picked him up because yeah. I was losing in my NBA fantasy team. So shout out to Lamarcus Aldridge for coming on board and helping a brother out. You know, get them points and get that win last week. Lamarcus Aldridge been contributing as well. <laughs> All right, to finish out the show, Zach, you got your game of the week, a game you're looking at this week uh, that you're thinking of betting. We could just call it your money line play of the week because at this point we don't know the spreads, but you can call the winner over a team. And you are mm-hmm. on Team Fade, the New York Knicks. Yes, we're fading the Knicks because right now they stink. They Look do. Me. They're they bad. They stink. Okay, they are so bad. <laughs> and a team that bad. was doing, in a team that was doing very bad to start the season, one lost fifteen in a row, fifteen L's straight. The Houston Rockets. Well, I like the Houston Rockets over the New York Knicks on Thursday. That's the Ooh. game of the week for me. I'm taking because I know the Rockets are going to be underdogs. So I'm going to go ahead and go out on the limb. Christian Woods, go out there and do your thing. I know Jalen Green is out, the rookie sensation. I know he's out right now, you know, but I'm still want to go with Christian Woods in the Houston Rockets. They got some young talent. Josh for Christopher. I know I know you got crossed. The other night, and it was bad. I don't know if you saw that being, but it was pretty bad on Trey yeah, Young for the four point play. But not a great I look. Do expect, uh, yeah, I do expect the Rockets over the New York Knicks. All right, I like it. We should be keeping track of this, but we're not because we're oh, bad. I, at I, I'm owing too. No, I, no, no. <laughs> track. I know. Last two weeks has been bad, folks. I know. Last two weeks, <laughs> I let y'all down. So I'm like. All right. <laughs> Two and two. <laughs> I was That's in good. Then I lost two. So this one right here, we hope to get over 50% with this one right here. Rockets I like over it. the New York Knicks, man. <laughs> you know, at least at least you're being honest, and that's really all we can ask for here. It's just, it's just you know, some honesty. Some transparency, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little peek behind the curtain into your process. I love it. Um, you know. Yeah, I think that'll do it for us. Yeah, so that'll conclude this edition of the Points in the Pain podcast presented by Stadium, the number one NBA podcast at Stadium. So you got to make sure to keep up with us. You got to follow us sure. on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at Points Paint. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. For all our videos and clips, make sure you follow our main man, Shams, for all your NBA news around the association. Catch Inside the Association with Cam, Shams, and the crew every Thursday and Sharp Lessons with my main man's Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson for all your betting tips. And Tape Don't Lie with Michael Felder for all things football, great guests and interviews. And you will hear from us, Zach B., and Ben Wittenstein next week.